0: It's a blessing being back on season by the word this week. We pray you get a blessing of something you hear from God today. Sister Tabitha Henry Rogers is gonna finish her testimony up today
1: with the help of God. May God bless you. Here she is. Well, thank you, Jason, again. Um, I'm gonna pick up where I left off last week. So um last week I left off talking about um, our experience with the artificial insemination and trying to have a baby, and how God was really speaking to me through the story of Abraham and Sarah. Um, see, God had promised Abraham and Sarah a child. and Sarah, she grew weary in the waiting for the promise to see the to see the fulfillment of that promise. And sometimes we do that too, don't we? You know, we know that God has promised us something or we read a promise in God's word and we claim it, but then we grow weary waiting on it to come to pass. And so that's uh, where I had been. God showed me that I was trying to take a promise that he had given me in my heart that, that I wanted to be a mother and he told me I would be a mother. And I was trying to make that promise happen my way in my time and God showed me and he spoke to me that Tabitha you're going to be a mother but it's not going to be this way you're going to be a mother and it's going to happen in such a way that I receive all the glory for it and I said okay lord and Rodney and I we we, we just laid it all down to the lord at the altar and we said lord whenever it's your will for this to happen we believe it'll happen, and and we trust you. And we left it there, and we got up from the altar, and we walked away, and we began to live our lives, and we began to uh, stop worrying about having a baby, and and stop, you know, stressing ourselves out over it. And we just began to live our lives, and and serve the Lord, and enjoy every day. And so that's what we, we what we did, and. So that next year, um, I started student teaching. Um, I had been going back to school to be a teacher. And so I was in the the end of that. And I started student teaching at Manchester Elementary. We were a few weeks into school and we had a Friday off for Clay County Days Festival. And um, so I was going to spend that whole day cleaning. I had big plans. We lived on the second story of, uh, uh, there was a garage underneath our apartment. We lived on top of it. We had a balcony in the back and I would go out there and shake our rugs off and I would um, lay them over the balcony, let them air out. So I was doing that that day. I went out on the back deck. I had my bathroom rugs. My phone was in the, in the bathroom. As I leaned over to shake the rug out, I did not know that the railing was rotted from the inside out. So as I leaned over to shake the rug out, the railing fell. And took me down with it about 17, 18 feet or so down to the ground. Um, I hit the ground on my left side and it knocked the breath out of me so much so that it seemed like a minute or two before i could even catch my breath and i lay there um knowing that some there were some some very bad things that had happened because i couldn't feel from the waist down i could see that there were bones trying to protrude from my left arm um, basically, my right arm was the only thing that I was still functionable. Praise God, I didn't hit my head. So I still had my mind and my right arm. Uh, we live up on a hill uh, that's kind of secluded. And the only houses up here are were ours at the time, his parents on one side and his grandparents on the other. And everyone was gone for the day except for me. It was around ten o'clock in the morning. So, as I lay there on the ground, I knew that I had to do something. So I began to use my right arm to drag myself over toward the steps. Now, mind you, we lived on the second floor, so I couldn't feel or move from the waist down. I could, I had some feeling, but I couldn't move. I could, I knew that something was was really wrong in the either with my spine or my hips or something because I couldn't move my legs. Um, so I dragged myself over close to the steps and that took a lot out of me. And I decided I was going to yell for help. So I decided to scream for help and then hope that maybe somebody would hear me. I did that for about 10 or 15 minutes. And it really just exhausted me, and um I began to my body began to kind of go into a state of shock, and I was shaking, my teeth were chattering, and I just knew that it was very important for me to get to a to my phone and be able to call nine one one so I began to pray. I cried out to God. Once again, that's the life, the story of my life is I cry out to the Lord, whether it's good or whether it's something I'm facing that's hard or difficult. I'm going to cry out to Jesus. So I did that and I asked the Lord to give me supernatural strength to make it up those stairs and be able to get to my phone. So I prayed and I took that hand and I drugged myself one step at a time up the stairs, and I was praying every step of the way, and by the time I made it to the top of the stairs, I was shouting the praises of God, thanking him that he had allowed me the strength to go another step and another step and then another step, and I drug myself all the way through the house to the bathroom, was able to grab my phone and get in a fetal position in the floor and call for help my mother-in-law was the first person that came to me. My husband had called her once he um got the call that that an ambulance had been called to our house. Uh, he thought that it was for his grandmother. she was elderly and and he he didn't didn't understand that it was me, so she came in to check on me. I told her I had fallen, and I needed an ambulance. She thought that I had maybe fallen down a couple stairs or something and hurt my ankle. And when I told her I fell off the back deck, she said, you did what? I said, I fell off the back deck. And She goes out to the back and sees the railing and she just totally freaks out. <laughs> She's like, oh, my goodness, you fell off the back deck. Yes. So anyway, so they fly me to Lexington. I get to Lexington, a UK hospital. And they're telling us all of these injuries that I have, um, they're naming off all of the broken bones. My arm was shattered, not just broken, but shattered um, where I landed on it when I fell. My pelvis was broken in four places. And they told me my spine was fractured at the bottom of my spine. And I'm, I'm just listening to all of these things they're telling me that's wrong. And my sister was sitting there with me. And when they told me my spine was fractured, I looked at her. I said, Crystal, no, I will not receive that. And we're going to pray against that. And so me and her, we prayed right there in that room uh, for God to heal my spine. Now, why I didn't pray for the other injuries, I don't know. (laughs) I should have. I should have. But I prayed. We prayed for God to heal my spine. And that was the first of many miracles that God performed during that time for me. So the doctor comes back later that evening after he and a team of doctors had assessed all of my injuries. And so he's going over with me and my family, um, all of the injuries and the treatments that they're going to do and all these things. And he never mentions my spine. And so he gets done and I say, excuse me, doc. Doctor, but you, you didn't say anything about my spine. How's my spine? And he said, oh, your spine is fine. And I said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the Lord had already performed a miracle. And um, so from that point on, I w- I spent about a week um, in the hospital at UK having surgery and trying to recover somewhat enough to so that I could go home. I was in excruciating pain day and night. I didn't even know a human being could feel pain like that and live through it. It was terrible. But God was with me the entire time. And and he was so good to me and so near to me. I, was, I remember one night I was laying in the hospital bed. My husband had went to a hotel to try to sleep because he had been sleeping in a little metal chair for days. Um, And I knew he was wore out. So his sister, Ashley, came and stayed with me and he went to get some sleep. And that night I was in such pain. They had given me every kind of pain medicine they could give me and just nothing would even phase it. It was just so bad. And I I was crying and, and Ashley, I know she just felt so helpless and and I said, Ashley, let's just pray. Let's pray. And so we pray, begin to pray for God to help me to bear the pain. And I, my arm was in this funny contraction thing. And um, it was like a little mountain and my hand was on top of the mountain. And I felt a hand lay down on my hand and intertwine its fingers into my fingers. And I knew that it was God's hand. I knew that he had just laid his hand on me and I fell asleep and I slept so well and so peacefully and so soundly and so much better than I had in days. And and God was just so near to me during that time. And so then I go home and they told me, you know, you're not going to be able to walk for 12 weeks. My pelvis had four perfectly clean breaks. Now here's another thing: the doctors were dumbfounded by my pelvis breaks were so perfect that I, all four of them, that I did not have to have surgery on my pelvis, even though I had had a traumatic fall, and had drugged myself through the yard, up a flight of stairs, and through my house, and the doctors could not believe that those breaks were so perfect. Uh, Even though I had done all those things. So God is just he's a miracle worker. I'm telling you. So anyway, uh, I go home. They tell me I'm not going to walk for 12 weeks. I was walking after four weeks. I spent every waking moment that I could reading the Bible, praying and seeking the Lord during this time. And he just did some amazing things in my heart spiritually. Gave me my first vision during this time and just did so many great things. And so that was, it was about November uh, when I started walking again. And I had a walker, of course, but I was starting to get back to being able to be mobile. I go back to church. I wanted to go to my small group at church. So I go to small group. There's a little lady in there. Um, We called her Granny Sally. She's one of these ladies that when she speaks, you listen because you know she's going. To, she's heard from the Lord. And so she told me that night that I went back to church. She said, Tabitha, the Lord has allowed this to happen to you because he's putting things together for you. And I didn't know what she meant at the time. But two months later, I found out what she meant because I found out I was pregnant after years of trying to do it my way. after years of asking and questioning and and crying and and trusting and all of these things that God had taken me through the process of learning to trust him and here it was and he had told me that he was going to do it his way and that he would receive the glory and let me tell you he did and he still does today I praise him for it because it was him that gave me my precious daughter so uh, fast forward to my daughter being born. Um, she was born in October of 2011. And right after she was born, I began struggling tremendously with fear, um, anxiety, uh, to a whole nother level than I ever had before. Um, I I really feel like a lot of um, hidden identity issues that I had, or and, and questions of could I be a good mother? Do I really deserve her? Do I even know what I'm doing? A lot of fear about surrounding my ability to be a good mom. I think a lot of that was rooted in the mentality I took after I had the abortion, and and so there was a, some deep rooted fears and thoughts there that I was struggling with. And so it it really got out of hand to the point where I was having a hard time functioning daily um, because fear had totally consumed my life so much to the point where I couldn't even look in the mirror at my reflection. I was terrified of everything. Every single thing I did or every single thought that I had was consumed with a fearful thought of what might happen or what could happen. And I was tormented. Let me tell you, I was tormented. So I went through this for months. And in the meantime, I had started volunteering at Heart and Soul Life Center. um, And... This was a pregnancy center um, in Manchester, Kentucky. I wanted to volunteer there because I thought that maybe I could be of help to some some woman and help her not make the same decision that I made. Um, but so I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. So I'm battling this anxiety in this fear. And one day I just cry out to God and I say, listen, God. I don't know how much longer I can do this. I was completely miserable. And every day, you know, I would cry out to God. I would pray. I would read my Bible for hours. I would go to bed listening to praise and music. I just, I was consuming my mind and myself with God, but this just wasn't going away. So I cry out to God in desperation. God, you've got to. You have to intervene. And God gives me a, a name of a lady, and He says, "Call this lady." And I say, "God, I don't really. She doesn't really even know me, and I don't really even know her. I know of her. We had went to church together a long time before, but we didn't really know each other." And God, I said, "I don't even know how to get a hold of this lady, God." And the Lord spoke to my heart and said. Don't you have Facebook? (laughs) Yes, I do. So I look her up on Facebook and I find her and I message her and I say, I mean, I was so desperate. I say, my name is Tabitha Wagers. We used to go to church together. I don't even know if you remember me, but God told me to contact you and I'm going through a really hard time. And if you would, please call me back. This is my number. And within minutes, she calls me. And God sent me to that woman because God knew that she was seasoned, a seasoned warrior, a seasoned saint. And he knew that she was prepared to help me during this season. She would be the one to teach me how to war over myself. She would be the one to teach me how to war over my family That she would be the one to teach me how to pray in the Holy Spirit. That she would be the one to pray with me when I needed prayer. That she would teach me how to pray for myself. That she would teach me how to reach the throne of God. He knew that she was the one who would teach me those things. And so from that day on, she taught me so much. She was there for me. I would call her sometimes more than one time a day and I would say, I need you to pray for me. And she would pray for me. But then she taught me how to pray myself and she supported me. And I'm telling you today, you need to find you a a spiritual sister, a spiritual brother, a spiritual mother or father who knows more than you do, who's been where you haven't been yet and who can help you and teach you some things about how to get a hold of God, about how to pray and how to war for yourself and your family. She was an angel to me and she's still one of my dearest friends to this day. I'm so thankful for her. And so um uh, going back to um you know that season God brought me out of that season of anxiety and God taught me that I was more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loved me and God made me stronger through that trial. I came out stronger. I came out wiser. I came out of the trial. I had to go through it. There were things that God wanted to shed off my life. And so during that time, I'm volunteering at Heart and Soul. You know, I'm trying to do everything I can to get closer to God, to serve God. And so I go there thinking I'm going to help somebody. And Tina Carnahan, who was the uh, director at the time, she started Heart and Soul. She founded it. Uh, she, she knew my story because I told her about it. And she says, I want you to maybe go to this group um, over in Laurel County Life Center. And it's an abortion healing group. So I go, you know, thinking, "Okay, this will be good. Having no idea that God was going to totally wreck me through that group. And he did. Um, I went, I remember sitting at that table and listening to all of these wonderful, beautiful Christian women telling their story about having an abortion. And I'd never heard a Christian woman say such a thing before. I almost felt I was like, but I was the only one who would ever been through that. But I quickly learned that I was not. In fact, many, many Christian women have suffered and do suffer still in silence because they are afraid to tell their stories just like I was so i hear these women tell their story and by the time it gets to me for me to tell my story all i can do is weep i was just so overwhelmed by listening to their stories and knowing that i wasn't alone and they understood the pain and the suffering that i had went through and and all of these things so I formed these wonderful relationships with these precious women that I still love today. And I've taught those classes. Um, uh, God has allowed me to take other women and lead them through the abortion healing groups. And so um, I also experienced Rachel's Vineyard. It's a weekend retreat put on by the Catholic Church. And I found out about it through Heart and Soul Life Center as well. I went for a weekend um, lots of prayer went into that weekend and it was just such a powerful time where we got to acknowledge our children that they were really children and they were a, a life and they were precious and, want, and and we got to give them a little memorial service and a certificate of life and it was just such a powerful, powerful weekend. I highly recommend rachel's vineyard to anyone man or woman who is suffering from the pain of abortion so god just led me to all of these wonderful resources and people who can help me and guide me and um and he was healing me and it was a, it's such a process okay i didn't just get healed overnight from the pain of abortion it's been years that god is god is still healing me more and more and more and setting me free after years and years of dealing with it so um I, it would come in spurts healing would come in spurts and 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 i just i'm so thankful for the process of healing you know sometimes we just want things to happen instantaneously and that's great and sometimes God does that and and performs a miracle instantaneously. But sometimes our healing is a process and a journey. And and sometimes in that healing process and journey, God wants us to get rid of some things and shed some things and he wants to give us some things in return. He wants to give us beauty for ashes. And that's what he does. Um so that's what God did for me. And and so ever since that that season of my life after having my daughter it's just been a it's just been a beautiful season of learning to be a parent and learning that it's okay that I'm not perfect because I'm in the process of becoming the mother that God wants me to be the wife that God wants me to be and God has opened up so many doors for me since then to tell my story. See, he didn't stop there with just healing me. He asked me to share my story with others, something I never dreamed that I would do. But but I obeyed the Lord and did it. And I still do that today. And so God opened up doors for me to share my story in churches, church groups, chapels, at school, social media, radio. um, One on one with women. Um, in churches, senior breakfasts, and even in the committee with the Kentucky senators, a group of Kentucky senators on behalf of a piece of pro-life legislation that they were hearing. I was able to share my story. Such an honor to do that. See, God has opened up doors that only he can open. Only God can open those doors for us. And he only does it when we're ready and he knows when we're ready. And today I'm thankful to tell you that God has healed me so completely from the pain and rejection and the shame of abortion. That I can even tell you this, the part of me that I told you last week that died on the table that day, along with my child, God has resurrected that part of me and given me new life and I praise him for it today. I praise him. He's given me a precious daughter who is a reminder of his grace. You see, I don't deserve Addison. I don't deserve her, but God is such a loving father. He gave her to me anyway. He wanted me to experience that love. And I'm so thankful today. Um And I want to say today as well, if you're suffering from the pain of abortion, if you have an abortion in your past or someone, you know, has an abortion in their past, please know that you don't or they don't have to suffer alone. They don't have to suffer at all. No longer. No more suffering. There is healing there is forgiveness and there is resurrection life in the name of Jesus and I would love to speak with you or the person that you know and brother Jason as well we would be glad to to speak with you to pray with you I would even be honored to walk you through um, uh, the abortion healing Bible study Um, it's something that I love to do with women Um, And Jason, if if it's a man, you know, Jason can come alongside and my husband, Rodney, and help with that. If you're interested in that, you can contact me or Jason. My number is 606-813-1397. Or you can contact Brother Jason at 606-598-4042. And we would be glad to pray with you and be there for you and support you. Just know that maybe your pain is an abortion today. Maybe your your pain is, is from a different sin that you've committed that wrecked your life. Maybe it's from something that someone else did to you. And I'm here to tell you today that there's healing and freedom and resurrection life in the name of Jesus. Don't suffer alone. I thank you for listening to me, and I'm going to turn this back over to my dear friend and brother in Christ, Mr. Jason Root. have uh,
0: done a wonderful job telling what God's done in her life. And you know, she's done something really bad, but God forgave her, and God loved her. And God loves you today, no matter what you've done. The Word of God in Romans three. 23 he says all have sin and come short of the glory of God they know big sins or little sins today in God's eyes don't let the devil tell you that God won't love you don't let the devil tell you that God will not forgive you God will forgive you God is a loving God and you know what today she has told you her story about what God's done in her life her testimony God has done in her life only God can do these things. God has healed her heart. God has healed her body. God gave her a wonderful husband, a wonderful child. And you know what? All good and perfect gifts come from above. She had another child. it still happening today. And you know, I-, I told you just then, all good and perfect things come from above which is happening. You know what? The sister, that God blessed with a little boy it's a miracle baby. She has a sister in law that God blessed with a young lady. She's well thirteen year old right now in middle school. And she's a miracle child. Any child is a miracle child today. And you know what? God is present half the time of trouble today. And if you can prevent something today, you need to prevent it. And so well. Uh, you ain't had an abortion, if you think about an abortion, let us pray with you. Let us help you to not make that bad decision in your life, and so on. Uh, Abraka has dedicated her life to helping people, and so uh, I'm not to, I pray for people. I've done things in my life I should have done, so on, uh, but God. And so, on uh, and we've all done things in our life we shouldn't have done in our lives and we've had to ask God for forgiveness. And if you, if you've done things in your life today, no matter what it is that you shouldn't have done, let God forgive you today. He's got His hand holding out for you today, wanting you to ask Him for forgiveness today. And you know what? She talked about how God resurrected her life. You know what? Jesus died on the third day. He rose on the third day. He, he died on that day, and he rose on the third day. And Jesus, got on the right hand of making the intercession, right hand of the Father making intercessions for us today. And you know what? We need God to move in this country. He told you about <laughs> it something so wrong sad. and so um, we don't need no legal abortion. In this nation, mm-hmm. we need to stand up against what's going wrong in this country today. We don't need no leaders that is for sin in this nation. We need God-fearing leaders in this nation. Yes, yes. And we need a God-fearing revival in this nation. That people will fear God. That people will fear the wrath of God. And God's love and God's mercy. God's mercy who made you every day. Lamentations chapter three verse twenty three. And you know what? Sometimes we had to be broken for God to move in her life. You know what she told you how she had to follow them steps or whatever and be broken in her body before she could have a baby. She tried all these things. She prayed without God and God came through. But she had to be broken before she can get pregnant and have a child. You know what? I pray, pray for so many people to have children. I prayed for people that lost children. And that's the reason I'm against abortion today. Pam had abortion. She lost her child. And that's the reason she's against abortion today. And that's the reason we can't blame for nobody that is for abortions today that's the reason that we stand against abortions today and the main reason is that it's, sin. it's wrong to do and as christian people we need to stand up against what's wrong to do against sin today we need the church is compromised for so long it's time for the church to stand up for jesus and stand up against what's wrong and you